G'day everybody, my name is Elliot Waters and you're listening to the Dysregulator Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. So, today's episode, we're on the other side, I'm on the other side of that terrible, terrible, catastrophic, what do I call it? Acute catastrophic meltdown and it was it was a shocker. It really was. Um, th- this is one of the most severe, I think, that I've ever had. It was it was torture. I, when I went back to um back to Ishmael yesterday, you know, I'm, I'm hobbling in, I'm shaking, you know, shoulders are rounded, just dripping with sweat. It was, it, I, I did not look like a pretty picture, that's for sure. But that's, you know, sort of goes to show the severity of these types of episodes. Uh, and it's, it crosses just mental boundaries into physical as well. It's a whole body, mind, soul torturing event, and it was terrible. And um, it, it's bad enough that I keep thinking about it, and I keep getting that sinking feeling in my stomach. I'll tell you, I am petrified of it happening again. These sorts of sweats, I think it was the fortnightly check-in 17, I think, where I spoke about night sweats. Um, so this isn't a new phenomena for me, but fair income, the intensity the intensity was next level, and I tell you, lucky I'm a mental health warrior that just will not go down, and I got straight back up, uh, sorry, will not stay down, and I got straight back up, and I'm punching now, trying to get back on top, but man, like I can't describe, like, hmm, let me think. So, you know, we all have bad thoughts from time to time, and oh, you know, my social anxiety might be like, oh, you know, people are looking at you, ripping you off you know, negative judgments. Um, uh, my BPD could be saying, oh, you know, so-and-so is just going to leave you anyway, so, you know, what's the point? My OCD could be fixated on something and just going around and around and around. But even in those moments, there's this this degree of separation between me, the self, so the voice in my head that is me that can look at thoughts and go, hang on, that's a silly thought, you know, that's not what, what we're all about. Let's ignore that and press forward. There's that, for me anyway, that sort of centralized version of the self that's sort of immune to everything is objective. Well, okay, not objective, very subjective, but looks at things from a more objective viewpoint, you know, sort of sitting back, watching what's going on, um, and, and then making judgments on that. And sometimes it gets wrong. It gets it wrong. Um, and I do believe some of the negative judgments or whatever that are coming in, those negative thoughts, sometimes I, I give them too much credit than they deserve. But often that sort of logical, I don't know, version of the self is um is pretty spot on in saying, look, that's not a thought that is congruent with what we're all about. Let's get rid of that one and move forward. So I don't know. For people that meditate and stuff, um, I always feel when I meditate that there's this central self that sort of sits in in my brain, but sort of behind my eyes. It's the central self. This is a terrible way of explaining it. Anyway, when these night sweat depressive episodes happen though it's a bit different that degree the degree of separation gone there is no separation all of a sudden the negativity let's say just in general emotions thoughts etc has actually infiltrated the self so even the objective sort of subjective um realistic logical you know calm centered version 
of the self, so the the one that that is impervious to everything. Unfortunately, during these really, really acute moments, even that version of the self has got depressing thoughts flooding through its head, my head. Anyway, very hard to explain. So there's not that degree of separation. So, for example, I don't know how to explain it. Break up with a girlfriend. That's terrible, obviously, especially for people with BPD. Shout out to all of you legends out there. Um, but, you know, you break up, but you can sort of stand back from the situation and go, oh, okay, maybe things weren't as good as they were. And, yeah, it's going to hurt for a while, but this thing will pass. See see what I mean? It's that that voice, that that external even though it's internal very much so, but external version of the self. So when these really, really bad episodes occur, it's that external version of the self um, that tries to keep everything cool and, and on track as it needs to be. It actually comes under attack from these negative, depressing thoughts. And that's why when I'm in those moments, I cannot um, think logically. It's just, you know, it's not me behind the wheel. It's whatever these negative thoughts are doing. And that's why I guess I say things like, which which I've I've noticed was quite popular with the listeners, the fact that I was yelling out for ex-girlfriends. Um, but like, you know, the logical me, me as I sit here now talking, I wouldn't do that. Um, but when even the self has been infiltrated, well, who knows what happens? What Well, I do know what happens and it's absolutely terrible. So I hope that makes sense. It's different than just, you know, things going wrong and it's it's deeper than that. It goes right to the very core, the very fundamentals of who I am as a person and how I perceive the world. So the centered version even gets under attack from these negative depressing thoughts. And that's why it's so difficult because I can't get any clear space to try and analyze the situation and come up with you know, either some positive things or the way forward, um, I've got no chance because that, that driver has been corrupted and unfortunately I'm at the mercy of the depressing episode. And this is where medications like benzodiazepines, lorazepam in my case, come in handy because they slow everything down and allow the central mind to sort of take over again, the self, and, and get some equilibrium going and and enable us to move forward. But it's very hard because benzodiazepines, as you know from listening to this episode, uh, sorry, this podcast, benzos are very addictive. They're very good at what they do, but they're very addictive. But let me tell you, in those acute moments like I had yesterday, um, who cares? Give me lorazepam. And that's exactly what happened if you listen to the episode yesterday. They did give me lorazepam and eventually I calmed down. And then all of a sudden I was able to objectively view the situation and make a decision moving forward. So there you go. That's that's the story there. That's why these these episodes in particular are so, so difficult because there is no clear air. There's no you know, logical thinking. There's no room to take a step back and have a look at the situation. I'm literally at the mercy of of this episode, these episodes, and it's only really benzodiazepines that are able to get in there and do the job. So, but that's fraught with danger because benzos can be fun and they make you do things that maybe you were too scared to do and not necessarily things you should have done. But anyway. 
I have a bit of a history with uh, lorazepam, and I'm going to go through that more in future episodes. Okay, but today's episode, right, let's get back to, finish yesterday, let's get back to today, fight back, fight I did. I'll tell you what, I'll say this, I am one hell of a mental health warrior. So as I left Ishmu today, because I got discharged today, um, and there'll be more on that in future episodes, but the clinical psychologist who saw me as I hobbled in, um, dripping with sweat yesterday, come up to me and said, you know, hey, how, how are you going to, to begin with, which was good. And then, um, and then he said how, you know, it, it's really a show of resilience that you've been able to bounce back so quickly. Some people, you know, go through those sorts of moments and it takes days and, and weeks even to sort of bounce back and, yeah, and, and I don't give myself credit often because the inner critic and, and the old imposter syndrome are doing their thing, but I had to agree with him. It is pretty good that I was able to, you know, bounce back pretty quickly. Um, and it's a credit to me and my resilience and, and ability to to be mentally flexible and strong that I've been able to do it. So it's, um yeah, so pat on the back stuff. That's for sure. So go, Elliot. How did I do it? Well, lorazepam definitely helped, that's for sure. But I I need to do, there's certain things I need to just do every day. And and the whole point of Ishmu was to, was to get some routines and healthy habits going. And that's what I did. So I, um, I went to the gym. Once I was settled, I went to the gym. I went to the Newcastle Ocean Bars and frolicked around for a bit in the sun, got plenty of vitamin D, read some of my book on grit when um, when I got back to the ward. Um, I was out trying to talk to people and be sociable, um, you know, just drank, drinking a lot of kava. I've just had some kava before this episode. I can feel myself really relaxed and just, I don't know, I hope I don't sound like this. Um, but I am very relaxed at the moment. It's quite a good feeling. But these sort of episodes, you know, yeah, lack of sleep or too much sleep might play its role in stress and all that sort of stuff, and that's great. But really, the let's get to the fair income department. I need to be doing these healthy things every day. So if one of these episodes tries to poke its nose in, you know, I'm already doing all these good things. So that hopefully will either negate it completely or lessen the intensity of the episode. Because I am assuming, and I hope I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that this will happen again. Hopefully not to the intensity that it was yesterday. I can't explain how depressed I was. Like, you know, I literally was like, I'm done, I'm out, I do not want to live like this, no more, you know, that's it, no more. So it's very good that I was at Ishmu and able to sort of not think that way, but, oh man, even now talking about it, it gives me shivers, it was, oh, like, like screaming for people, not just ex-girlfriends, you know, and it's screaming at God, God, please, why are you doing this to me? It's, um... It's pretty hectic stuff. So, but yeah, so I got straight back on the horse and that's what you got to do. You can't let these things sort of fester because then it just gets worse and worse and it happens again and then you're already on the back foot and and, and all of a sudden we're, we're looking at something pretty serious here. So that's what I did. I fought back in the only way that you really can, which is doing all the good things. 
exercising, you know, I was eat, eat, ate, sorry, ate some, um, you know, good meals, um, went to bed nice and early, made sure my medications were taken on time. So, and now I took some time out to, to go to the baths, like I said, and I went for a bit of a cruise, played some music because we know that's my number one coping strategy. So yeah, all in all, I'm very proud because I didn't really want to do much of that sort of stuff. I was pretty content just laying around and just sort of recovering by just laying and doing nothing. But I knew that that would stall progress. I had to do, in DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, there's a skill called opposite action. And that's definitely what I uh, used yesterday. Opposite action, I wanted to just lay around, but I did the opposite. Obviously, that's the whole point. And I did some exercise and saw some people and and I feel much better for it. So there you go. Elliot fighting back. That's that's no question. What a warrior. What a warrior. But I, I am though, you know, I'll give myself credit. Every day I wake up and I'm anxious. Every day. First thought, oh, how anxious are we today? So every time I do anything, I'm doing it with lots and lots of fear, but I'm pushing that aside to get the job done. Like, you know, I need to start giving myself a bit more credit. That is tough. That's the definition of tough and resilience and long may it continue. I, you know, I wish things were a bit easier, but hey, you just got to play the cards that are dealt. And I'm sure this will happen again. I'm, I'm almost certain that this is going to happen again, but I need to make sure that I've got the skills and the tools ready to go so I can lower the intensity because yeah, I don't know. Yesterday that was that was next level. That was bad. Like there's no question about it. If I had the means, I would have done something for sure. So but anyway, we press on. I press on. Fight on. That's what it's all about. So I've got to keep that going. I need to start boxing soon. If I can do that, that'll be a huge win against social anxiety to begin with and and also the fact that I'm a little bit unfit. Um but it's these healthy habits and routines that are going to carry me along. And it's the stuff that I do every day that's really, really important. So, and it's not just about, you know, doing some meditation, doing some exercise. It's a complete sort of, you know, approach to these things. Eating well, not wasting money and, you know, being really focused on objectives and targets and goals that I'm trying to achieve. So, that's the plan. I'll tell you what, this carver is hitting. It is hitting well. And I'm having a great time chatting at the moment because I'm feeling mighty chill. And uh, see, carver, that's another thing. I, because I wake up every day anxious, and most days there's depressing sort of thoughts floating around too, or pretty much every day. Um, I think what I'm going to do is start having carver in the morning. The only problem is it's a little bit sedating. Um, but I think I can overcome that, but not through the use of too much caffeine because that's another thing I've got to cut back on. Um, but Carver, I think, is going to be a very, very important tool moving forward, so much so that I may be having it every day, every morning, I think, to kick the day off. So replace the morning coffee or morning pre-workout, which I shouldn't be having, having anyway. Replace that with Carver. And um, hopefully those negative thoughts sort of die down a bit and it frees me up to do the things that I need to do. Anyway, that's enough from me. Thank you for listening as always. And thank you to everybody who sent messages, um, well wishes for me. 
um, you know, those messages mean a lot, and I go back often and reread them, and, you know, it's all evidence that I can use against the inner critic. That's what it is, and I bloody appreciate it, let me tell you. So thank you, everybody that's reached out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And now that I'm out of Ishmu, there is going to be a flood of episodes. This is just the start, baby. How exciting. All right, if you're enjoying the show, please remember to like, subscribe, rate, five star if you could please good for the algorithm and of course you can share the show around with your mates and you can follow me on instagram at elliot.t.waters all right thank you everybody and see you next time